Thank you for joining us for Dwelling Place Lithia Podcast. We hope this message will help you find your identity in Christ and create growth in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. If you can turn to Mark chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 12. It says, On the following day when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for the figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Let's pray real quick. God, I pray that you bless this word. God, that you, um, God, I thank you for a word that is uh, alive and speaks to us today. And God, I pray that you will do that this morning. God, that our lives will be alive and that, we'll, um, that this word will be alive in our lives. God, that it will bury deep and it will produce fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus, this is the story of Jesus walking around, uh, walking along, seeing a fig tree. The fig tree, he was hungry, goes over to it, no figs. Got looked at the tree, cursed it. And then right after that, so um, this, right after that, Jesus goes into the temple and he's, he goes and uh, he sees everybody selling stuff. He starts tipping over tables and does all that comes back, and his disciples notice the fig tree is withered. Jesus, uh, Jesus goes and says to them, uh, we'll start in verse 20, it says, as they passed in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Who's ever seen a, a tree withered away to its roots? That's a withered tree. I mean, wither or not, you think so. It's a withered tree. Oh, that was a dad joke, wasn't it? You're welcome. So, and Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you pray, wherever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. First of all, um, just looking at this whole story, Jesus passes by, looks at the fig tree. Fig tree not producing figs. He's hungry. Like, curses the fig tree, goes on, goes flips some table. I can imagine the disciples on that day were like, hey, listen, I don't know what's going on with Jesus today, but don't mess with him. Judas says, this is the day when you were going to do the whole betrayal thing. Like, do it a different day. Because, like, he's already cursed a tree. He's flipped tables. Like, but I think it's really interesting in what, um, what Jesus says here. And I think we've, we've all heard this a lot. Um, whenever you pray, whenever you ask for something, you ask as if you've already received it right? Now, it's easy to talk like that, right? Like, we can say whatever we want to, but to actually start asking as if you've already received something, that's a little bit more difficult because you actually have to believe in the rest of the stuff that you read in here, right? Like, you actually have to believe that when Jesus said the same power that resurrected him dwells in us. You have to believe that kind of stuff. You have to believe 
that when Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, right? You have to believe this stuff. And, and it's, we can receive it, we can, we can understand it, but believing in something that's different. And if you look at the life of Jesus Christ, the way that, the way that he did things, like there was no question as far as um, whenever he prayed with somebody or whenever he walked in an area, he knew what his anointing was. He knew what he was carrying, right? Does everybody believe that? Like Jesus was acutely aware of what he was carrying, right? How many know that you are carrying the same thing? Amen. Jesus said, I am the firstborn amongst many brethren. Jesus asked even the Father. He said, he asked the Father. He said, so whenever he was, he was praying right before um, he, the ascension, he prayed to the Father. He prayed that, that we would be together and that we would be in him as he is in the Father. Right? So if we are in Jesus Christ, as Christ is in the Father. There's a, there's a layer here that we've, we've got to come to an understanding with. Like, there's a freedom there. There's a freedom in our prayers. There's a freedom in our authority. How many know that God wants you to understand your authority. He wants you to understand that there's power in your prayers. He wants you to understand that not only in your prayers, but in the words that you speak, there are power. When Jesus went over to that tree, notice he didn't stand beside the tree and say, God, this tree, it, sh it should be producing fruit, but it's not. Heavenly Father, I call upon you, and he brings some oil out of his tunic, anoint it with oil, or as they do in... Alabama, some kind of poison. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's an old story about the uh, poison in the trees over in Auburn. It's funny, but um, no, they. But he was. He didn't. He didn't have this really long scenario where he was. He was marching around it and saying all these things. But he. It was a very quick and effective. <laughs> to say the least, a very quick and effective words that came out of his mouth because Jesus knew the authority that he was speaking on. So Jesus Christ knew that authority and that authority he has been given to us and that like when Holy Spirit came, you start to see that with the early apostles. You start to see that whenever um, Ananias and Sapphira try to deceive Peter. And they, they come walking in there. You see that whenever Peter and John, they were going by this gate at the city beautiful, and they see the man that's laying there, and they walk by him, and they, he's asking for something. And they say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you. And they stand up and walk. That was the authority they understood that they had. That's the same authority. How many know that Jesus Christ and the authority that he has given us did not diminish over the years? It's not like it had an expiration date that you still have that authority today and the things that you have in your life that have been spoken over you need to be rebuked and you can stand in the authority that you have knowing what God has proclaimed over you because we are more than conquerors. 
We are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. And I don't care what kind of sickness, what kind of pain, or anything else somebody else is going to declare over me because from where I stand, Jesus Christ is already said, by his stripes, I am healed. But there are power in words. We have to make sure that we know the power in our words. Jesus knew the power in his words. And, you know, this past week I was watching different things um, because I was researching this and I knew that there were different experiments. Sean told me about one the other day. Uh, if you go on YouTube, you can find it where they have like these cups of rice and they say different things. One, one of them, they say positive things. One of them, they say negative things. One of them, they ignore and it's a, a controlled thing. And like all these different people have done it because they're like, yeah, I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to do it myself. And they do it themselves. And <laughs> like, wow, this actually works. But the one that has positive things spoken to it, 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 it actually starts to ferment and make a, a really good smell. The one that has negative things done to it, it, it starts to turn black. And the one that is just completely ignored, it starts to rot. It's amazing that these words have power, and it's like, oh, maybe that's just a one-off thing. Like, all these people are doing that. Well, maybe it's a one-off thing. Well, they, they've done other experiments, too. Um, I have a wonderful lady at my office that sings to her plants. And when she is not in, it doesn't matter if you water them or not, her plants wilt when she's gone. There's, a, there's an old story, uh, not a really old story. It's uh, Ikea did this experiment that... Um, they, had, they were doing this experiment about bullying. And they would have these kids. They had two plants that were set up. One plant they would say great things about. They'd say, you're beautiful, you're, um, you're strong, and all this kind of stuff. And the other one, that they, they would give it words to say, but they, the, all the words were bullying. And the plant wilted that was bullying. How many know that when Adam was in the garden, he was given dominion over the plants and the animals? They... There's certain stuff, there's certain keys, like we can, we can understand it, but it has to get into our lives, into our hearts for us to fully live this out. Because when Jesus gave us dominion, when Jesus gave Adam dominion over the things in the garden, like, yeah, Adam messed up, but Jesus came and rectified all that. Like Jesus came and rectified all the stuff that Adam messed up. We need to walk in our authority so that the world can know and we can know that what God gave to Adam is available to us today. You can walk with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in the cool of the day right now as a son or daughter. You don't have to live on the words of what other people say about you and what you can reach and what you can't. And you can see, like, these are just things that are in life. People who normally dream big, people call them crazy. How many know that Rockefeller was called crazy before he got rich? How many know people still call Elon Musk crazy? There's, there are people who are going to do great and mighty things who are going to be called crazy at the beginning of that. But it's called crazy because the world wants, you to, wants to suck you into a really, really safe place. And it wants to bring you there because misery loves company, right? But when you understand that you are meant for more, 
that you are meant to do things that are miraculous, that you are supposed to live in the miraculous, that your words have meaning. Man, life can be different. You know, there was this, um, there was this thing back in the 50s, and there was this experiment that this, uh, this school teacher did, and she had an all-white class, and she wanted to teach them about racism. So she told the kids, you know, all these kids, she said, um, she asked them what they thought about people who were, uh, people who were black, people who were um, Native Americans, things like that. And uh, they were, what they thought about their chances in life and things like that. And they were all, they were, back then it wasn't, uh, you know, things, there's things probably still, there's, there's a lot of talk about what's equal and what's not. But back then it definitely wasn't equal. Um, so anyway, so she did this experiment with them. And one of the things she said that, uh, all right, well, if you have brown eyes in this room, studies show that you're smarter. Studies show that um, you're going to do better off in life, that you make friends better, that you're nicer to be around, that you're prettier, that your hair is prettier, and that you're going to do better all around. So there was other things that she said, but anyway, the, she's, she started giving certain privileges to the brown-eyed kids in the class. She would let them go on the playground first. The blue-eyed kids weren't allowed to play with the brown-eyed kids. And then the brown-eyed kids, they, were, they, they had their own drinking fountain, and the blue-eyed kids had to go to a drinking fountain that was down the hall. And she did this for a day. And she's, she actually timed things and stuff like that as they were doing certain procedures. And the next day, she switched it. She said, you know what? I was wrong. It wasn't the brown-eyed kids. It was the blue-eyed kids that are the smarter, better, the more beautiful ones and stuff like that. And what was crazy was, like, the things that she would time. Like, she, they had, like, these puzzles and stuff that they would have to go through. They would have to figure out. And on the day that the, the brown-eyed kids thought that they were better, they did really well in the puzzle. On the day that they thought they were worse, they were a lot slower. And she asked them, why are you slower today? She, and the, one of the kids said, well, I, I just feel dumb today. The only thing that changed was that teacher told them that they were dumb. Because words have power. If you allow words to have power, they will have power. If you allow what somebody speaks in over your life to have power, it's going to have power. If you let somebody tell you you're dumb, if you let somebody tell you you're no good, that you can't do this, you can't do that, it's going to be true. Whatever you believe is going to be true. Because your words have power. But just like that, if you believe that you're more than a conqueror and that the things that come against you are going to work out, that no weapon formed against you will prosper, that those verses, those, those things in the Bible, if you start to believe those things and take them to heart, you're going to start living a life, a victorious life, one that's not bound by what other people say about you, but what God says about you, what the Bible says about you. You're going to start living a life of truth where you can stand with your head high knowing that you're carrying the same thing that Jesus Christ carried, that you're following his footsteps, and that you're more than a conqueror, and that your prayers have meaning to them. Your prayers have power. And when you're feeling sick, you don't just 
throw something out there and maybe it'll get better, maybe it won't. But you're declaring over that person's body, over your body, over their life, that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is more powerful than any sickness that can be inside of them. And you're declaring that healing over them. And not only just saying it, but like Jesus said, whenever we pray, you pray like you've already received it. Because in our, in, in, in a, with the correct mindset, you can start seeing shifts. But if we start letting our, our failures dictate our future, or our past dictate our future, what other people say about us dictate our future, we're going to be bound and pulled right back to the middle to where everybody's safe and nobody does anything and Satan's just laughing because he's got all these powerful weapons completely disarmed because everybody's afraid to pick it up and go after the enemy. But how many know that the Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail over us? The gates of hell will not prevail. That's meaning we're supposed to be on the attack. We're supposed to be going after the things of Satan. We're not supposed to be running from it. We're not supposed to be looking around at the world and saying, man, you believe all these, these people that are around here and these guys that are saying they're girls and girls that are saying they're guys, and man, this world is getting ready to crumble. I can tell Jesus is coming back. How many have heard that one recently? I've heard it's the, I know it's the last days because Jesus is coming back. How ineffective do we want to be? How about let's go out and speak some truth to those people? How about we tell those people who they really are and that they were made in the image of, of God? They were fearfully and wonderfully made. And that they don't have to pretend to be something that they're not because who they are is amazing. How about actually sitting down with them rather than holding up signs and telling them they're wrong? That's what Jesus did, right? Like if you, look at, if you look at Jesus' life, whenever he would go into a place, he would go sit with the prostitutes and he would sit with the tax collectors and everything else. He didn't pick it and hold a sign and say, you're wrong, tax collectors stink, thumbs down. He didn't try to separate himself from them because he knew that the second that he made a separation, he made a distinction between him and them, that he lost all power over them. He lost every bit of influence that he would have had on them the second that he goes and makes a distinction between him and them. Because more often than not, what we do, instead of looking at the person and wanting to save them, wanting them to know the truth, instead of looking at the person, we admire the distance between us and them. But it's time for us to start believing with what, in what the Bible says. To believe that there's enough power in the words that God gave us. There's enough power in who we are and what we carry on behalf of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that even if somebody is in a, a, a state of mind where they're clinging to an identity that's not theirs, that we can correct their thoughts, 
that we can correct their thought patterns by introducing them to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? All right, so we've got some questions at the tables today. Um, I'm going to pray real quick, and if I can get somebody to pass these out. Uh, Table leaders, raise your hands. All right, Um, if y'all can find tables with them, that would be amazing. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, please share it. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at dwellingplacelithia.org forward slash donate. We'll see you next week, and may God bless you and your family.